0: Episode four with Josh and Dan, it is Intentional Foul. Yeah. That's what we have settled on. I like and it. I like it too because it, it covers a lot of territory, it means whatever we're going to say that's offensive is...
1: Inten- You're warned. Intentional. Yeah. That's, there's no question. No, it's what it is. Yeah. And we- it ties into a little bit of a multiple sports that, right. we, that we're going to talk about. So, yeah, we... We like this one and finally um, have
0: a name which we can market Intentional Foul. That's what this is. For however long it lasts. I'm glad we're <laughs>
1: we on episode four. Yeah, I'm having fun. I enjoy it and seems like the nice the, little
0: bit of release that I can't do in my normal day to day job. Yeah. Absolutely. Say Absolutely. And, and it gives you an outlet since you don't have anybody in, in your small quarters out there just to well, it's just, bitch it,
1: at. It gets it
0: <laughs> Aside from me lo- on texts. It's a
1: lot of texting, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's better to it do is. this in person.
0: That's what it is, aside from your outlet of texting and <laughs> sometimes. Because God Facebook forbid anybody
1: and, called you know, I called you and actually no, I, talked to you on the why n- Nobody calls no. anymore. That's so two thousand. Unless you just put your
0: complaints up on social media with back to school day well yeah jesus (laughs) that's trope. good guy you're one of the you're one of those guys that i would expect to have tuesday be a complete non-social media day or at least least for facebook
1: well and you know you said that i'm a hater and you know i I, did not I, i don't have kids which most people that listen to this know but you know it's like I get it. You, it's back to school day, you know? Cool. I don't. I didn't... I just... Like I asked you, I said, when did it become a thing for every parent to make their child hold a sign like a bum on the corner begging for food to tell everybody what grade they're in? I mean, seriously. It's did like, your
0: parents take a picture of you beforehand? Now, they might not have shown probably. anybody. Okay. So this is the same thing, only now, like everything else with news and sports, we now have ways to share these things. Yeah. And it, it becomes a, I'm proud of this, look at this, I'm proud of it. it, it that's basically all that it is. Yeah,
1: well, whatever. <laughs> I'm proud of my shoe collection. I don't take pictures See, of that. Why
0: you should. One of these days, you should put that. We got Andy Glass there showing all 300 Nintendo games that he has stacked in his basement. Oh, He's proud of that. That's... Which,
1: I don't know I would that be, I, I mean, I have I'd be proud some, of but, but wouldn't you be proud of lot? that? I don't know. That's really? a lot of money. Oh, I'd be Oof. proud of that. I'd be proud of it when I sold them for a couple well, grand. I think he's still
0: lusting after the, what's the game that's, I think it's not track and field, but it's something Ooh, like the, With world, the power pad? It's oh. like work World Games or something okay. like that that's worth, I think, $10,000 on its own. Jesus. And that's that's one that people are after to kind of complete he seems to have a, almost a complete collection except for that one. Wow, because that's that's one of those that that's Excalibur. Well, you know, yeah, your, I mean,
1: if if that's what you're doing, if you're trying to get all of them, I understand. But if you're just stacking a, up shit in your basement, <laughs> picture my old baseball card collection in a binder or those little
0: white cardboard sleeves that you had everything stacked in. Oh, do you, yeah, do you have any any of those old
1: sets laying around? Um. They're in my parents' basement. I've got rid of pretty much all of my common everything I have left is either complete sets, what you know, factory sets, or, you know, just cards that are individual cards that are worth stuff. Right. Yeah. Players that you liked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. I haven't checked out anything. I don't know what I, I anything's went, worth.
1: I actually bought a couple of Beckett. Uh, price guides they a couple still have of months those? ago yeah well, i had to actually i ordered them online i mean you could you can probably just sign you can sign up and be a we used to a week or a right. monthly member we but, used to
0: go to stop and go to to buy one oh, every yeah. couple of months to yeah. check how much your card was it's worth it's amazing
1: how much they've gone down the cards which is surprising because you know it's not like they started making more but you know our generation was kind of the the generation of of kids that we got a, a lot, some of us, you know, I got a lot of my dad's cards from when he was a kid mm-hmm. that he, you know, just randomly hung on to. They weren't worth anything. And we were kind of the first generation where that kind of became a thing, right? you know, and then you got into all the dealers and all that stuff and it turned into a pretty big business. So. I will
0: never forget the day that when we were, when I got into baseball card collecting, when my mom told me that back in the day they'd take their their Mickey Mantles and oh. whatever players, that, and then they'd put them on clothespins in their bike mm-hmm. spokes and mm-hmm. rip them to shreds because yeah. it sounded cool. I l- just blew a gasket. Because thinking of how many hundreds or thousands of dollars that, oh, yeah. you, that you just turned to shreds in the curb that went down the gutter with the
1: rain. <laughs> oh, come I, on. I mean, I've, I've got... I've got several of my dad's old cards, you know, like uh, from the 60s and stuff. And and uh, I have a Lew Cinder rookie card, go. but the bottom's cut off of it. Oh. It's like, I, I don't know what? why he cut the bottom off of it, did but he, he did. Nah, he doesn't remember. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, true story about my card collecting before we get into the That's real fun. good stuff here. What do you mean? This is good stuff. The, the, the first basketball card set that really had much value of our era was the 1986 Fleer. I'm glad that you know that. And it was uh, pretty much everybody of that generation. It was Barkley, Ewing, Wilkins, Isaiah, Jordan. It was all of their, they they called it their rookie card, even if it wasn't necessarily their rookie season, but it was Fleer's first season of making basketball cards. And... The Michael Jordan rookie card, I believe, is worth about twelve hundred bucks. Oh my so I had three of them. Whoa. And I mean, you know, so I I was six, seven years old at the time, mm-hmm. and uh two buddies of mine that lived behind me, uh Nathan and Aaron aren't. Uh, we all, we, boys. yeah, we all collected cards, and I just remember at one point because I had three, I gave one to Nate, oh. and he sent it into the Bulls to get autographed. Never got it back. Oh
0: man! I gave
1: one to Aaron, and I believe like their dog chewed one up, <sighs> and I kept one for myself. And we moved in about 1997. And I, I mean, I tore our house apart looking for that card, and I never so
0: found it. So you $3,600 in three cards and all of them gone. Yeah,
1: 3600 to me, 1200 to three of us, and we all end up with shit. <gasps> yeah. That's heartbreaking. It's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that that boys was and That girls, was by far my most expensive card. If and you have any cards sh- laying around. Um, Keep your Jordan cards. That's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot on the rundown tonight, which is great because football starts finally in earnest at, at the professional level on Thursday. Looking forward to that. We got a lot of Bears news to cover. I know you were probably tickled pink at the end of last week, and the two teams that we both like are squaring off on mm-hmm. Sunday, which will be a, a fun time at Lambeau on Sunday night. Um, the Brewers. I'm not going to say coming back from the dead because they're they're in the wild card. And very much have been in mm-hmm. that, but still kind of the bottom level. But right now, I mean, if you're looking at a sweep of the Cubs on Wednesday night, the division not
1: out of sight here. No, not at all. I mean, you're, you're three back going into tonight behind the Cubs. Uh, I would argue probably the biggest game of the year tonight, which sure. uh, looking at the lineup beforehand, I was quite surprised to see Yelich not, not there, in it. Yep. Um, but yeah, you win tonight, you're two back. Uh, with 21 to go, and you still have a series left down at Wrigley with the Cubs, and uh, who's throwing tonight? Uh, Chessine okay. versus Quintana, and um, mm. he usually kills the Brewers, doesn't they he? They beat him last time, okay, but yeah, he's historically he's been right, pretty okay. good, but yeah, you win tonight, you're back two; you lose tonight, you're back four, and it, you know that th- this is a big game. It's yeah. a two-game swing, and it, it'd be nice to to sweep this team. But it's funny. I heard on the radio this this morning, the Brewers are eleven and four in their last fifteen games, which is quite good. They've won five consecutive series, series. but like those four losses were just abysmal, bad, yeah. gut wrenching, poor played losses, and they just—I don't know. This time of year, they just well, kind of eat at you a little you bit. You get more. a
0: couple in Cincinnati, and I think everybody expects me included at times. And it's one of those things where you see a bad team and you can't... Mm-hmm. I guess I equate it to football where it's like I do most sports where on paper you look at everything and we should go in and we should just beat the shit out of them. Right. It won't even be close. Right. Three game sweep, do your business, get out of here. They're terrible. We're at, in in this position. We're on fire. We're playing hot. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work like that and you lose a couple and you're like, is this team really any good? But When I mean, when you think about it, when you need a victory and you're likely, if you wish to aspire to that highest level and get to the postseason, when you need that victory in a race like you're in right now, you need it against the low-level team and you can't pull one out against them. How do you expect to do that when you need one against somebody that on paper is 10 times better?
1: Yeah, well, it's one of those things, like you say, that... you know, we as fans, we have to remember. Uh, you know, a team like Cincinnati, even though they're twenty games out, they they still got pros on their team, right? And you then know, Scooter Jeanette's—he's he's leading the league in hitting. I, I mean, it's not an accident. He was I will, good last year.
0: I will completely admit to not knowing those kinds of things going in and just yeah, looking at the sure. big picture. Like, okay, here we go. We're going to go here. This will be no problem. And then when a couple of things don't go right, and then you get gut wrenching losses, like you said. That's when you start to questioning things, and you can't just okay. Let's take a step back, figure it well, out. Well, you got we're the Giants find...
1: coming in this weekend, and there's another it, one, and they're not they're not the typical Giants nope. team that that we're used to seeing. And you know, if the Brewers win tonight, you go into the weekend thinking, well, God, they got to win two out of three at least against the Giants at home. There's nothing to say that's going to happen. No. Not at all. And if they lose the first two games of the series and you're going into Sunday and everything you worked for this week, you just gave back, people are going to be losing their minds again. Because the the, the memory now is so
0: short mm-hmm. that you can't, yeah, there, there's no overall perspective that you can keep on that. No, there's it, not. It, it, it just doesn't work, so. No. Um, Wade Miley threw an absolute gem. Last couple outings have been pretty impressive by him. I How have to give we, him credit. We're we getting performances from these. I mean, you didn't expect, I don't think anybody expected Euless Chassin to do what he's doing this year. Now you're getting great games out of Miley. Mm-hmm. So you've got a new guy in Gio Gonzalez who's going to start Sunday. Um, your boy Guerra's gone to the bullpen. Thankfully. Yep. <laughs> yep. But I mean, if you can get some of these things, and it, and it shows that when you put up 11, and it wasn't anything like you're hitting gaps left and right when you're hitting the corners it wasn't sack fly sack fly move guys Pass around ball. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. when you're scoring runs like that but you still beat a team 11 to 1 it shows you that even when the bats aren't really clicking
1: you can still manufacture runs absolutely and and it it starts at the top of their order i mean lorenzo kane is just i mean the guy is just always on first base yes always I mean, it's it's kind of amazing to see. He doesn't hit for a ton of power. He doesn't get a lot of extra base hits. But the guy's just constantly on base. And uh, with Yelich behind him and then Aguiar and Braun and Shaw and Moustakis or, you know, however they got the lineup situated, when you've always got somebody on base, it just puts a little bit more pressure on that pitcher to, to be a little more fine. And, you know, we saw last night with the Cubs, they made a few mistakes in the field. They had a couple pass balls and, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, I've been as critical as anybody about the Brewer pitching this year. It's If you look at it statistically, it's pretty good. You know, if you watch this team day in and day out, it's a lot of five-inning starts out of these guys, and it's, it's kind of, I think it wore the bullpen down a little bit at parts of the season. Um, but it's nice to see Miley kind of uh, figuring things out here at the end um, you know, they got Davies back the other day. He was solid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to to get him. Gio Gonzalez, he's he's had a nice career. He's been quite bad the last couple of months of this year. Maybe a change of scenery will help him out. And
0: really, that's kind of all you, mm-hmm. you can expect out of a guy like that and just do better than the guy before you. Right. And if you can, you should stand a better chance to win. I but, mean, that that there's not that much expectation there. Nobody's saying to come in. Throw no hitter, last eight innings, give the bullpen a rest. That's unrealistic. If you could do better than Junior Garris doing, the team stands yeah. a better
1: chance to win. Well, and it's funny, too. I mean, you and I talked about it quite a bit this summer. if If they got into that one game wild card, who would you who would you throw that game? And for most of the season, we've both said Chasin. I think right now, now Miley's it's Miley. Your your, your leading I mean, contender. The last three or four times he's run out there, he's been going six, seven innings, giving up about two runs a game. That's hard to hard to argue with. And, you know, if you can get six out of him and and get any combination of, you know, canable Soria Hayter and Jeffress to get those last nine outs, I like my chances.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Um uh, especially because it's because it's a lefty, mm-hmm. um, that's obviously going to work in your favor. You just hope that you get a decent outing and the bats can come through. Yeah, this this lineup has too many explosive hitters to all go quiet at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying you should trot Eric Thames out there because it's feast or famine with that guy. Um, but between Moose and Shaw and, and you stick Braun in there, fine. But you get Yelich, you get Kane. I mean. There's not a guy there that's a bad hitter. No, not at all. And I mean, unless you play somebody at shortstop, but then maybe uh, you know you get a a single through the middle or pass somebody, and it doesn't need to be you know a you know a shot between right center and and right field to mm-hmm. all the way to the wall. You just
1: you need a base hit or right. advance somebody. Yeah, you, you need a productive at bat. And I I, I like what I've seen the last. Ten days or so out of Arcia, he's getting a little bit more regular time at short. Mm-hmm. He's starting to put some better at bats together, and you know he's. I, I think if they do make the playoffs, I, I think you're going to see more of him in the field. Uh, they they need the defense out there, especially if you're going to throw a guy like Miley who who uh, induces so many ground balls. You got to have guys on that side of the diamond that, mm-hmm. that can field their position. Um, you know, scope is. He can play short, but I don't know if you want a steady to study diet of that. And then if he's at short, are you going to put Shaw at second? I don't know. I've, I don't know. That's uh, that's tough to do in the playoffs for any long period of time. I don't disagree w- with any of that. Yeah. But Um. The,
0: the the key for right now is to take care of the Cubs, and a sweep would go a long way. And then take care of the Giants, and then see what you got next week with you know just a few weeks left of the season.
1: Yeah, and I would like to uh. I don't know if amend is the right word, but maybe sure. maybe put an asterisk next to a comment that I made last week okay. um, about my cardinal hatred and how they were my number one hated team. <laughs> well, the Cubs just took that over really? this week.
0: Really? Wow!
1: Um, it, watching Joe Madden <laughs> in uh-huh. the dugout and and the shit show that he tries to put on is nauseating. <laughs> and and I know I've I've got some friends that are Cub fans and. And some that even listen to this, and they're not—they're mm-hmm. not, not going to like what I say. But <laughs> who the hell do they think they are exactly? I—I uh-huh. I, I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, you won the World Series a couple years ago because God would not allow Joe Madden to completely screw up Game Seven, so he caused a rain delay to help you win.
0: Yeah, that was a big, uh, nice little thing in the
1: early season. And there. Everybody likes to call him a genius, but they forget that he completely botched that game. Um, but you've won one World Series in 110 years, and you, you act like you're the Yankees. I, I don't quite understand that. <laughs> and, you know, Cole Hamels with his comments the other day that honestly didn't even really bother me. It was – it, it kind of – it didn't bother me in terms of, like, the Cub Brewer part of it. It, it sure. bothered me in the fact that, like, Cole Hamels is 35 years old. He's been in the league for 12 years, and he and he's makes been, a stupid comment like but that. And before. he's been
0: part of the rivalry for about 30 seconds. Well, and,
1: and he says that he's been part of rivalries. Who? The Phillies and the Nationals? The Nationals have only existed for, like, 20 years. Like, what are you talking about?
0: That's not really a big... Uh yeah,
1: I I just you know I just thought Sample that was size. a really really stupid thing to say, and I mean Cole Hamill's the guy that literally the last three teams he's been on they couldn't get rid of him fast enough, so I don't really know that you're in a position to say much other than I just got beat. So um you know whatever. So, so
0: between those two you're 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 not switching totally, but just temporarily. They're
1: tied. Okay. They're tied, and depending on how Sunday night goes, it might be a three way tie. We'll see.
0: Wow. Yeah, we'll okay. see. We'll see. I, I guess between the Cardinals and the Cubs, there's been enough losing seasons where I was happy for my friends that were Cub fans when they won the World
1: my Series. My grandparents, my my mom's parents were diehard Cub fans. So I I get that, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's the it's the part of the fan base that likes to, you know, uh, I I saw uh, something on Twitter today of that that big L flag that was, that, that was hung huge. and and there was a, a a guy wrote an article making fun of the Brewers and how that L flag was hung next to their one 1982 AL championship pennant and how inept the franchise is it's like Too how shady. many pennants have the Cubs won in the last 70 years the same amount <laughs> how many world series have you played in since world war 2 the same amount. Well
0: I like that we're so we're, they
1: won a game seven and the Brewers lost a game seven and that's the difference since 1945.
0: The fan thing will always bother me because and you're a you're a ticket holder and I think we've talked about this. How many times have you sold your tickets? A few. Okay, a few, but it's not. Is it specifically financially driven, or it's just that I can't make it to this particular? It's more financially
1: driven because Illinois fans are suckers. They'll overpay because Mm -hmm. they know that they don't have to worry about a rainout, and they also don't have to worry about the traffic of a downtown park like Wrigley is.
0: Does that bother you then, as a Brewer fan, when you watch or you hear about people complaining that? The home field, if you will, is flipped as far as the cheer
1: sections are concerned. Uh, I mean, it bothers me a little bit, but, you know, like I was talking to a guy at work about it this morning and the Cubs have been around for 100 years. So it's kind of I kind of compared it to the Packers where when you're when you have a fan, when you're a fan of a team that's been around basically since the inception of the league, you're going to have a huge fan base And then factor in, Chicago's the third biggest city in America, and all of the people... I mean, watch a a Cub-Diamondback game. Where do all the Chicago people, where do all the Snowbirds go? They go to Florida and Arizona. So if they play the Marlins or the Diamondbacks, it's the same thing. It's just a large fan base that follows their team. And, you know, I mean, when I sell the tickets online, I don't know who buys them. You could buy them. I don't know that it's a Cub fan that buys them, but... You know, it, it's it's one of those things where that helps offset some of the cost of the tickets sure. throughout, throughout the year. To me, it just you know?
0: seems short-sighted to blame, to, to just have a blanket statement where Brewer fans aren't as dedicated because they sell their tickets and allow another team's stupid. fan base. Just because if you look at the market size and then look at where they finish in attendance every yeah. year... They're punching above their own weight. For sure, You know what I mean? So it's like I, you can take those series and bottle them up and, and say what you want about that. But all the other teams that go there, it's not like Brewers fans just aren't showing up. It's the furthest thing from that.
1: They so, average like 35,000 people a game this year. And in these in this Cub series, they've been getting like 37,000. So it's not like all nuts. of a sudden there's 45 in the park right. and the, there's just an extra 10,000 cub fans. That's not what it is. I mean, some people like myself that don't want their tickets necessarily for that series for whatever reason, whether they don't want to sit by the cub people or it's on a holiday weekend or whatever, you know, it's not necessarily to say that those tickets are bought by cub fans. So, all right.
0: Football starts tomorrow as we sit here on Wednesday I'm ready. night. Yeah. I'm ready. I, I'm ready for the pro Game to start. College started in earnest last week. Um You had a very, very big deal with your team with Khalil Mack at the tail end going into last week that made waves and brought a lot of criticism not only out in Oakland and in Chicago, the two teams were involved, but also within the division, especially from a lot of Packer fans who... Uh, we're pining for the GM Gudekins to, you know, add somebody, add a playmaker to improve this depth and just give somebody that opponents can fear and ultimately didn't happen. And it goes to a division rival, which is the worst possible thing that you could happen, not maybe this year, but down the line, that might come into play a little bit bigger. But on the other hand,
1: there's a lot going back to Oakland in that deal. If I, if I said this to you, though, for, and speaking from the Bears' perspective, because the, the, the criticism that I have heard towards the Bears for making this trade is that they gave up too much, they mortgaged their future, mm. and they spent too much money on him. Okay, well, here's my argument. So they, they basically... There was some ancillary stuff, but it was basically Khalil Mack and the Raiders' second-round pick, which is hilarious that they threw that in the deal for two for the Bears two, two first-round first round picks. Mm-hmm. Okay, if if the trade was Khalil Mack and a second-round pick for Kevin White and Leonard Floyd, would you have any problem with that? No, but because the, those are but two, those are the picks. Those are. That's the yep. number seven pick yep. and the number nine pick oh, no, in the fifteen I, and sixteen drafts. I,
0: I love that perspective because it only matters draft picks only matter what, what, what you
1: can do exactly. with
0: what, where what the potential is. If you got totally. a GM who has nailed first round picks consistently, you're probably saying that's money in our pocket. But if you're throwing it to people who constantly botch those all mm-hmm. the time and doesn't have a good track record, then you're
1: probably rethinking. Look that. at all the picks Cleveland's had the last five years. What the hell has that done for him? Nothing, nothing. But, you know, from looking at it that way, I I, I certainly don't mind it. Your your hope, if you have a top 10 pick, is to be able to draft a player that's as good as Khalil Mack, which is not very likely anyway. So, uh, you know, from the Bears' point of view, I think the way they're looking at it is, and, and you and I talked about this before, there's a, since 2011 when this cap changed and you couldn't pay rookies ridiculous contract. Sam Bradford, yeah.
0: uh, $50 million signing bonus.
1: Since that changed, the NFL has changed. The way teams have built their team has changed. That's why Seattle was able to do what they did. They weren't paying Wilson any money, and they had that run. And, and then they just stacked the defense. The Niners did it with Kaepernick. They weren't paying him any money. They had a little run. The Eagles are currently doing it right now with, with Wentz. Two, with two, two quarterbacks. Yeah, two guys, but specifically with Wentz. Right. If See, because he's the guy. The Bears are banking on the fact that they whether he is or not remains to be seen. But they're banking on the fact of we don't we're not paying Trubisky much money for the next couple of years, and we are we believe that he's good enough that he can get us where we want to go. And now we have a top, you know, they were top ten defense now. Add Khalil Mack, maybe they're top six or seven. That's good enough to get us an opportunity. To play for a Super Bowl, and, and that's really all you can ask
0: for. And to me, as far as the defensive portion of it, people were downplaying it, some of the Packers fans, and again, it, it, it comes back to the, it doesn't matter, the Bears are going to still suck and it, Okay, you could take that part out of it, because right now what you're looking at in the linebacking core is you assume as a first-round pick, Roquan Smith mm-hmm. should be pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Problem is he's been hurt all camp after coming of missing most of camp. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how effective he's gonna be for probably the first couple weeks while he gets his legs under him and learns the playbook and figures sure. stuff out. Leonard Floyd has been hurt as well. Mm-hmm. He he's another one of the I think Bears, He broke his
1: hand or something in preseason. I don't Good linebackers.
0: Yeah. I think he had it. I think he had a casted club yeah, and stuff like yeah. that.
1: Okay, so he's
0: not going to be firing on all cylinders to start with either. Mm-hmm. Then you get Khalil Mack, who hasn't also played a snap of all camp or all preseason. He comes in. It's going to take a while for him to get in football shape, whatever that is. These guys say that they can work out, but it really, to my, yeah. to my, my, in my opinion, doesn't matter until you hit the field in game time situations. So those three guys aren't going to be at maximum capacity for... You could say the first third or quarter of the season. Sure. But if they're all as good as they can be all at the same time, and your defensive line can be even decent, mm-hmm. that's pretty darn good. Yeah. And yeah. that's the, and those are guys that you're probably going to have for a while. Yeah, absolutely. To build that defense around. So to me, for everybody that just slaps it the, off. Max,
1: the oldest guy at 27. Right. So,
0: and, and, and now he's signed for how how many years, I think
1: four years, five years, you you would through his, through his prime.
0: You would think that as a linebacker, that would probably be, as you said, his prime. And you're probably going to get maybe a contract, but you're not going to be able to offer as much on the field, but still for the next five years, realistically, watching those two younger guys grow and have him there. I don't know. As a Packer fan, that's kind of scary to me. If you can put pieces around them.
1: Well, the Bears are, have to be hoping that it's like the Erlacher Briggs era, right. where they were a top ten defense every year. They turned the ball over, they scored off their defense, and their offense was good enough to not screw things up. And you know, and, it's
0: all you got to ask the young quarterback to do: don't screw this up for us. And
1: for for the Packer fans out there, I mean. I have no illusions of what's going to happen on Sunday. I think the Packers will win by two touchdowns. They're at home. It's a night game. All of the reasons that you just said with the, these guys that are either hurt or haven't participated, yeah, their the Bears are not going to win Sunday night. There's, I have no doubt in my mind. But I looked at their schedule after the Packer game. They go home on Monday night against the Seahawks at Arizona. Home against Tampa. There's a couple wins in there. That could be a three and one start. Yep. At worst two and two. Yes. And if you're two and two after four weeks, I you know, you got a chance. Y- y- you're at least heading in the right direction. Right. So, so the bye week's early for them. Yeah, if week four for the for the North, I think the Packers are I think they're right in the middle. Packers are week seven. Right, right in the middle. But you know, and, and the advantage that the North has this year, they're playing the NFC West, which is, you know, the Rams are good, but all the other the other three teams are Bad. suspect. Yeah and they're playing the AFC East which other than New England, New England is garbage. Yep. You know, the Bears their two off games are against uh at the Giants and Tampa. Starting a rookie quarterback
0: or a state Eli I mean, Manning but but the rookie's does, waiting there.
1: Does anybody think either of those teams are any good? No. And the Packers got at Washington and and home against Atlanta in December. I mean, both of those schedules are not too daunting no. I mean he, they both you talked about it a couple weeks ago they, they everybody has their little two or three game stretch that's tough but. after
0: the bye it's a five week murderers row yeah. for the Packers and if they with get two road games they get two. home with the Dolphins and then two more tough ones on the road yeah um like if if they can weather that storm hopefully they'll be healthy coming out of the bye, and then they can they can make some noise but I to me right now and I'm you know me as a Packer fan I'm you know the the most pessimistic dude out there, and when I usually have some positivity, it blows up in my face. But I don't see any reason why Green Bay can't win the division if everybody's healthy.
1: I agree, I agree, because I I think that Minnesota's definitely got some holes and some some question marks. Um, can they run the ball? Uh, is is Cousins going to be better? You know, better than Keenum? Uh, I mean, you you you. you don't you have to—that defense really got munched on the last two playoff games, too, and that that's kind of the strength of their team. They gave up a lot of points at home to the Saints, and they gave up 40, I think, to Philly on the road in the Sounds NFC right. Championship game. So, you know, it's a strength, but obviously they can be had, so— they just
0: added a safety, the
1: uh, Iloka kid or something okay. like that. Okay. So I mean, that's, that was a six- or seven-year veteran well, that give you, me, you give just me, got released. Give me the Packer side of this uh, on the trade. I mean, I, I, the way I look at it from the outside looking in, I kind of think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity for the Packers. Um, I think that with a 35-year-old quarterback and a team that, probably for the last five years would have been a Super Bowl contender if they'd had any semblance of defense.
0: Well, and I think that was rectified, so I'm I'm not sure you want to make so many moves, at least in my opinion. You already got a new defensive coordinator. A lot of the Ted Thompson um, guys are no longer there. They're starting to be filtered out, switched out what a which is what, you know, a new GM generally does. They want their own guys, even though he was part of that process of scouting and, and, and talking to Thompson going forward. But to me you've you've switched your scheme up in general. You still run your base three four, which they don't run all that often. It's a lot of the sub packages that that Penton likes. But the continual absence of talent and depth in the linebacker positions, and it got worse when Jake Ryan got hurt. Um, am I stoked that it was going to be Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez heading into the season? I mean, it's you know okay, fine. Um, I mean, Martinez is one of the guys that led the NFL in tackles last year, but your outside pass rush has been continually absent. There's been flashes, but nothing consistent. And to me, the the, the strength of the team is now along the defensive line. To me, that's a really good defensive line with Wilkerson coming in. You've got Daniels back. Um, Montrevious Adams is starting to play well, and I know I'm probably forgetting um, a player or two. But if they can get some push up front and free up some of those outside guys, maybe you can do something because the secondary is really young. To me, adding a veteran guy like Mack while not mortgaging the future, would I have had a problem if the Packers made that same trade? Say, take two of our first-round picks. We've got two of them next year. Go ahead. You know, one of them's not ours. I don't know how high it would be. So you're probably, was it the same? I think it was, it was the, the Saints. Saints, yeah. So you're looking at... 20s. Right. So 20s. you're looking at two picks, depending the, on how yep. Green Bay does, in the back half of mm-hmm. the draft. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're looking at the Bears and saying, well, we can get a better deal over there if Chicago's not going to be as good as Green Bay. So I get why that happened. But still, if that offer was on the table of, here's two first-rounders, you wouldn't even need to send me a pick in return. Maybe shoot me a sixth or seventh. And Mac, I don't care. Wouldn't that wouldn't have bothered me at all? Um, maybe they're worried about financial cap re- restrictions. I mean, yeah, you, but just, who, you, you, who you, you are you just they signed, paying? You just signed Rodgers to a big one. You got a couple of people coming up after the season, including Clay. You, that that you might have to throw big money or just let go. So if you let Clay go, you found your replacement at least for sure.
1: There's your outside pass. Right. And I agree with you. the 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 secondary is young. And the D line is good, and I don't know if you saw that clip I sent you today. Uh, that, I I,
0: that, I haven't watched it yet. But
1: no. Cowherd was talking about it on his show today. If you're the Packers, what are you probably picking next year in the first round? Like a defensive end, a pass well, rusher for
0: sure. So
1: but, but, from my
0: perspective, we've said that for I don't know how many years, and it never happens. They add a guy in the third or the fourth or the fifth. And he'll make the practice squad or he'll be the last guy in the depth chart. It's not a playmaker because by the time you get past the top 15, those guys that can really change the dynamic of your defense and get to the quarterback are gone. So either they're doing too well to grab one of those guys or they're not willing to move up in the draft. Yeah, The the need is there, but for some reason, they don't go out and get a guy in free agency. And that's your only other option if you're not going to draft one. And the, what I
1: just described, the well, scenario who, is not there to get one. And, well, and, and, I mean, you've, in the history of the Packer franchise, they've really only signed two big name free agents ever Reggie White, Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. And basically, Woodson was. Off the scrap, heap, everybody kind of assumed at that time that he was done. Bad attitude, yeah. didn't really. So really, it's only been Reggie White. So you're yeah. not going to. It's Green Bay. It's like it's like the Brewers and the Bucks. You're just not going to attract the big name guy. So I don't know, man. If I if if I was Rodgers, and I'm I'm sitting here going, I'm 35, and we had the opportunity to go get arguably the best defensive player in football and you hold on to two picks of guys that might 50/50 even be decent and aren't going to be really in their prime until I'm 40. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether But I'd the be. Packers are a uh, <laughs> you know, it, it all boils down to your organizational philosophy, and the Packers' philosophy over the years has been extremely, extremely conservative. Very much so. So uh, it, it, they stayed, they stayed true to form and not doing anything. I mean, I'm not surprised they didn't do anything. But- oh
0: no, not at all. Because if I mean, I, I mean, if Ted Thompson was still there, we wouldn't even be having a conversation. But you've seen the free agent moves that that Gutekinst has made, and at least there's. A, uh, a little bit of more openness yeah. there, which gives you hope for the future that if that deal can
1: be on the table for somebody in the future, at least it'll be a conversation. I just thought that with the with the Reggie McKenzie running the show, well, supposedly running the show in Oakland, um, and his connection to the Packers, I thought that that might well, be enough to you know get something done. I, but I just don't understand the whole Gruden aspect of that whole thing.
0: Like, I, I don't get that, and a lot of people are not on board with the direction that they are going to go under him, and they, he hasn't even played a game yet that's it's very, counted.
1: It's very, very old school, though, man. Seriously? It, it's like, I'm coming in, I got a 10-year deal, I ain't going nowhere. I, We're going to go he, to Vegas he, he in fired, a couple of years, He fired man. their entire video staff, guys that had been there for 25 years, so he's kind of coming in, and, and it sounds like they've given him carte blanche to kind of do whatever he wants, and... And, uh, and I just you know, don't know why you I give up know. your
0: best defensive player. I'm with you if, if it, that's your first major thing you're doing as a coach, it, you know, or an executive. It, if I'm gonna
1: pay 25 million dollars to Khalil Mack or Derek Carr or uh, Amari Cooper, I think I pick Mack. Probably, I think I pick Mac. I, I don't think Derek Carr. Nice player, but not. You know, that's not that's a, very Flacco-ish to me. Right, when I see that. It's
0: not a franchise Mm-mm. guy that you think of as a Mm-mm. top ten, no. top fifteen quarterback. N- nice this, player. This guy's going to take us where we need to go. Right. It's going to be everybody that you surround him with offense and defense. Yeah, that's going to get that job done exactly.
1: And you know, it remains. I I think they're going to. They're going to struggle this year big time, and they're just going to have to hope and pray that the Bears suck and they can get maybe two top fifteen picks, and you know try right. to turn it around that way.
0: And that's probably why they pulled the deal. They probably don't think they'll do any better than five hundred, which yeah. they might not. But yeah. that's going to be better for them.
1: When your when your best skill player, well, you know, is is Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> who could just quit tomorrow if he felt like it. Just blow up and, you know, that's, that's pretty dangerous.
0: Grab his Skittles contract and (laughs) make tracks out of town. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, well, you know, I'm I'm just
0: excited for the season to start. I really am. I'm ready for the weekend. I, I have not kept up on a lot of the who's going where's and who's starting for who as much as I have, just because, I mean, with, with kids in the summer and the off season and then trying to get high school football ready, it seems like as much as you've been waiting for it, to me this has kind of crept up on me, and now is just here.
1: You know what I mean? Sure. Well, you you know you're busy doing the high school thing, so you get a little wrapped up in that. But you know it's. Uh... But
0: I I mean I was looking at a lot of the divisions in both AFC and NFC, and I know we were going to do some playoff picks, but I'm I'm seeing a lot of the same things that I saw last year, where a lot of teams didn't really get better that needed to. Mm-hmm. And I know our friend Joe Robinson loves to trot out the stat every year. That at least two playoff teams that were in last year don't make it. And it's amazing when you look at the field and you're like, I can't pick two of them. But if it happens every year, you got to because invariably it does. But right now when the Bills are going to start who Nathan Peterman, I got my one right there that that are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, in the NFC, I mean, I couldn't find anybody. I mean, the Jaguars, I don't know who's going to do better than them in their division. Um, unless, I mean, the Texans made it last year. Nope. Um, Didn't they? Yeah. Texans played the chiefs, didn't they? Nope. Tennessee, Tennessee. I'm sorry. I had that wrong. So Tennessee is in there. Okay. Well now you factor in the, the Texans and the possibility of Deshaun Watson. What can he do when you're healthy? You don't know. But that's a possibility in there as well. I don't see anybody in the East. i got to go with the Patriots. Steelers are going to be there. And to me, the way that the Steelers' offseason has gone, even though they came within a game, are you thinking that Mike Tomlin might be running out of time
1: there? I'd be surprised considering they've had three coaches in like 50 years. They're pretty patient. But Terry Bradshaw wouldn't mind if he got run out of town after his comments the other day. So. (laughs) I would one thing out of that
0: division the AFC North that I would actually like to see. I would like to see the Browns win six games. That'd be nice. Just to give them a little glimmer of something.
1: It'd be nice, you know. I mean, nobody I, from
0: that division's going to make the playoffs, I don't think, except for Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati's a possibility, but you know, when you've when you've got the firecracker under center, you never really quite know what what's right. going to happen. So,
0: um, Denver could be better with Keenum. I I, I don't know. Um, the, the chiefs are there. I don't think the Raiders are going to do anything. And I'm not, I'm never sure about the chargers. I'm never sure about the chargers. So I, I, those are pretty much my AFC predictions. So
1: who's running? So you're six or who Patriots, uh,
0: Steelers, um, Jaguars, and I'll throw the Texans in there and then we'll go
1: with the chiefs. Okay. Yeah. I got, uh, I got the Patriots. Of course, they're going to win that division going away. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the second place team in that division will be lucky to win six games. Um I'll agree with that. Pittsburgh as well in the uh in the north. And um Baltimore, I just I just don't see it. I, I don't think they have the, the, the talent any like they've had in the past on the defensive side of the ball. Um and, and the Bengals, as I said, you know, Andy Dalton, that's that's I certainly wouldn't bet on that. No. Um in the uh in the South, yeah, I I just the Jacksonville thing—they were kind of the team last year. Them and the Rams were kind of the two teams that that had a bunch of young talent and kind of put it together and figured it out and and had nice seasons. I just don't trust Blaine or Blake Bortles. I don't love their <laughs> yes. skill position guys. They got a great defense. If I but, should
0: save some of the text messages you sent me about Blake Bortles oh last season.
1: It's, Those were it's, actually it's, really good. It's not good. So I I got Houston winning that division and. Uh, If Mariota can stay on the field, I I like Tennessee to make it as well. And then uh, out west, I got uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs. I just um, I like that Chiefs team. uh, Andy Reid will, I think, everybody that's played quarterback for him has succeeded. Yeah, generally, I think Mahomes will be the same. And uh, I like that Charger team, man. They they got a ton of talent. They they've always seemed to find ways to lose yes and underperform and they have a they have the worst home field advantage in the league right now with LA but man they got a lot of talent so I I, I went with the Chargers
0: uh looking at the uh, NFC I'm gonna put the Eagles back in there the one notable team that was absent is the Packers I'm gonna go with Green Bay and Minnesota making it and taking the three teams away from the NFC South that made it last year. Uh, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints. I'll go with Atlanta and New Orleans making that, but I don't think Carolina makes it back there. That's my NFC team that's not going back. And then to me, it's the Rams division and everybody else kind of scrapping. I will be really curious to see what comes of Seattle. And I don't have any dog in the fight in that team, but it just seems like one player after another is disgruntled, wants to leave. I see that Thomas ended his holdout. Now he's gonna he's gonna show up. But um so those are my six uh coming back. It's basically a swap from last year's playoff field with the Panthers and the Packers.
1: Yeah, I, I have the same. Um I kind of went back and forth uh between Minnesota and Carolina. Um only reason I went with the Vikings over the Panthers, you know Carolina's got a, a I think they're in a better division. And uh, they don't play New Orleans until week 15, and then they play them again in 17. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to probably be in that eight, nine win range going into those games to have a realistic shot at the playoffs. I'm just not sold on them. Um, I really like Atlanta. I think they're going to have a bounce back year. I thought that, you know, they suffered probably the worst loss in football history in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, to bounce back and to still make the playoffs, they should have beat the Eagles. Julio Jones dropped that touchdown. They should have won that game. Um, the team I'm curious about, and I'm with you is Seattle. And, by all accounts, they improved their line. Yes. Which is a huge deal. Because it's Wilson, always been abysmal. He's just been running for his life the last couple of years. Um they've got a little bit of a running back by committee that that I've heard some good things about. Um, you know, their their defense, I think, will be okay. it's not gonna be what it used Nowhere to be. Nowhere near where it used to be. Um, but you know, that's just one of those teams they 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 find ways to win. They're well coached you know if they if they're in the mix at the end of the season i if they're 10 and 6 9 and 7 at the end of the year i certainly wouldn't be surprised uh super bowl picks i would hate i would hate it right cuz i can't stand them but i would be surprised <laughs> that's for you joe super bowl picks um i struggled with this okay i really did um i'm going to take the steelers knowing full well that They may not have Le'Veon Bell, uh, but I'm just tired of picking the Patriots. And uh, in the NFC, I am going to go with the Saints. Okay. Um, One last hurrah for Breeze. Mm -hmm. I think uh, they probably should have went last year. I think they had the best team in the NFC last year, you know, in that fluky Hail Mary play. Um, But uh, I got New Orleans and Pittsburgh and – I'll say the Saints to win it all.
0: I love the Jaguars' run last year. Mm-hmm. I really did, um, but to me, it's one of those things where I'm going to keep picking a team until somebody
1: beats them. Well, it's the Lebron, it's the Lebron Jordan effect with New England. It that's, just that's all it is. It's until, boring
0: until somebody gets yeah. there and shows me that you can beat that, that you can be the man. You got to beat the man. I, I'm going to keep putting New England there every year until somebody proves me wrong. Yeah. The NFC is a little bit tougher for it me. Is. I mean, I can't be the homer and pick the Packers. You because. Can. Uh, do I think they can get there? Yes. I'm a little bit skeptical of the defense, but if, if Mr. Pettin, the, the big statistic is he's never not had a top 10 defense. If you get a top 10 defense and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and can cobble together something with those receivers and that tight end group,
1: you got a chance there. I heard an interesting stat today okay. about that. The Packers are 7 and 0 in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers when their defense gives up less than 23 points. 7 and 0. 23 is a lot. 23 is a lot. And if they've given up they've ran through it it was like 51 to the Cardinals, 45 mm-hmm. to the Niners, 23 to the Niners, you know, uh they've had a couple other ones mixed in there, but 7 and 0 when they give up under twenty three points with Rodgers. You give him a defense, he'll get you the Super Bowl.
0: So I like a couple of other teams. The Saints were one I was looking at. The Falcons were as well. I'm not I'm not on the Eagles bandwagon again. Um I, I, I Carson Wentz is a question mark. You
1: can't bet on Jared um, Goff to take your team to the Super right, Bowl. Right. And I'm, like I'm not doing can't. that. Um and I'm not picking the Vikings. So to me Just even though the, that would might give you a little extra hug at home if you did with the wifey. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, as much as I would really like that for my uh, for my sister in law and uh, and, m- and my wife at home, I'd, I, I you wouldn't like it that much. I'd be, I would, I'd be happier for my friends that the Cubs win the World Series than if the Vikings won the Super Bowl. That's let's fair. let's put it that that's way. Fair. So I guess it's going to come down to either the Falcons or the Saints for me. And um, I, I don't know where's Super Bowl this year.
1: Boy, that's a good question. Do we know? I don't know. The
0: Falcons are playing in Green Bay. Check that schedule again. They're they're playing in Green Bay late. Should, yeah. It should be a snow game.
1: It is December yes. 9.
0: Yep. So it could be a snow game, cold weather game. To me, it would depend how good the Falcons look outside in cold weather, and that's generally not where Super Bowls are held. But to me, if you can win Gotta outside win in, the playoffs, in Green yeah. Bay, then you should be able to win the Super Bowl. So I guess right now my default pick is Atlanta.
1: So you got so, Atlanta, and you got a rematch of of yes. two years ago, which
0: I know it won't happen, and yeah. that's fine. But that's that's well, just
1: the, a couple of these teams. Though you, you make a good point, and and I think the Packers fall into this category. I think the Patriots fall into this category. If you're gonna beat New England, you gotta have home field. Right. If you're going to go into Foxborough in January and try to beat Belichick and Brady, I just don't think it's going to happen. And the problem is their division sucks so bad Mm -hmm. that they're going to win 12 or 13 games every year. And the same thing with the Packers. If they can get some home playoff games, which they haven't had a lot of the last few years,
0: I like their chances. They came in as the sixth seed and went went all the way there. And that was kind
1: of a weird year in the NFC. There wasn't really a great team. and. And all of that, and and you know, you end up playing the Bears, which is a place you you're you're familiar with, and it's the same kind of weather. But you know, if they could get an Atlanta or a New Orleans at home in January in an NFC Championship game, you got to like your chances.
0: I'm not really excited for Badger season until the Big Ten season starts. Yeah, I mean, the Western Kentucky game, uh, you know, Uh, was on a Friday, a Labor Day weekend. I got to watch a little bit of the second half. Um, but it was just it's one of those things where you just expect teams to show up and win. And yeah. I think this week is gonna be another one of those. Yep. They got an old assistant coach that's coming back. It's been part of Bob Davies crew for the last couple of years as a D coordinator. Um they got a quarterback whose name's I, I can't Tavaka Tuyote or something like that, um, who goes with to a tug of Iloa in in Alabama, the all name team, yeah, exactly. But I, this is one, and I even ch- I haven't even checked the line for for New Mexico, but um, things are a little bit more up tempo, and it seems like the challenges for the speed of the offense has come in the non conference games. I don't know what BYU is going to look like, but I am I'm not really excited. I mean, let me know when week one of the Big Ten starts against Iowa. Yeah, you know I, that's you. that's kind of where I'm at. I, if I if the Badgers aren't going to blow anybody out like Ohio State did to Oregon State, it's not going to be a 50-point win or something, a 40-point win. They're going to take care of business. They're going to get the offense, got a couple turnovers, and and they're going to do their thing, and then they're going to get into the Big Ten schedule, and that's when really the season is going to start. Yeah, um,
1: uh, I'm with you. There's not really a heck of a lot more to add right now to, to no. what's going on with the Badgers. We'll mm-hmm. just have to wait and see. Hopefully they can get through unscathed, and are we— uh, we're, we're, gonna... we're, we're way behind. Yeah. What are we at? We're at 52. Oh, we got time. All
0: right. We got time. I'll, I'll, I'll just keep this running yeah, in the background.
1: We're going to do our top five, what is it, video, sports, sports video Sports video
0: game characters that are either really, really good or that you really, really like to play. Yeah. And this dates back to all, like, back to Nintendo 8-bit type of stuff. Right. Um. So I, I didn't really even compile. I just kind of have it in my head. Who did you Who did
1: you come up with? Well, let's each do one a piece. All right. Well, I would say. Uh, well, we got one that's the same. It's Bo, Bo, Bo and Takbo Ball. So that, that's the a greatest
0: game. sports video game character of yeah, all time. Yeah.
1: Um, Mike Vick in Madden 04.
0: See, I'm not a Madden guy, so you're gonna have to. That, you, that I'm, was, I'm just gonna have to believe you on that. That
1: was. Pretty unstoppable. Really? Roll, roll him out to the left and then just quarterback run. and Okay, yeah, so it was...
0: one guy on mine, and again, it's it's going back to Tecmo, is QB Eagles. Mm-hmm. Is that the modern day, if yeah. you will? Mean, oh, I, yeah.
1: I mean, it's, you know, it's Randall a Cunningham, c- couple of
0: decades later. Is sure. that is that the equivalent then? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, um, who else
1: you got? I got Reggie Jackson from the original RBI, RBI Baseball. He was on the Angels. See, the I, best team was Boston. They had all. They had the best team in the game. See, I liked the Cardinals. Well, they were fast. They had yes. the fast guys. Yeah. But Reggie Jackson, pretty much, if you put the bat on the ball, it was it was gone.
0: I liked, and I I also had an RBI guy on my list. And I don't all play with the the All Star teams unless I just want to crush people. Yeah. I like leading off for the National League, Tim Raines. Oh, nice. Because he's got pop in his bat, and if you hit a ground ball to the left side of the field, you're not throwing him out and he's going to steal a base no matter how good the catcher's arm is. Rock Reigns. You've you've got an automatic,
1: to the effect, an infield double. You know how he got that nickname, don't you? Rock? Rock Reigns. Because he used to run around in the 80s, and he had a rock crack in his back pocket. (laughs) That's the story. (laughs) That's the story. All right. right, uh, What else you got? Let's see what else I got here. Um, Pretty much any character from the game Mike Tyson's punch-out my, my my personal favorite anyone. anyone they're they're all great you know whether it's Don Flamingo or King Hippo or Bald Bull but uh m- my guy Soda Popinski which is just a great that's your boy. a great name for a Russian villain boxer in a video game
0: <laughs> Um I am a big fan of NBA Jam and I mm. have a lot of the Super Nintendo games on my computer and I it always drove me nuts that Michael was never on that game because right, I, right. I, I don't know who would have stopped Jordan and mm. Pippen on that uh, on that game. Nobody, yeah, nobody. would I mean, you know, they have all the ratings. Jordans would have been 100, 100, 100, 100, you know, just, sure. just down the line. But I, I guess the team of, um I think it's, is it Hardaway and Mullen? Oh, yeah, just bomb threes. Yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. Just love it. You you just run up the score as soon as you get on fire and it, it's over.
1: The the other fun ones on that were when you put the code in, you could be like uh, Clinton and Gore. Mm -hmm. Or you could be the Beastie Boys. That was always pretty fun, too. Okay, I like
0: that. You you, you got anybody else there?
1: Uh, Last one, um, pretty much Michael Jordan in any game. I mean, any basketball game from the 90s or even some of the new ones now, uh, like uh, NBA 2K with Jordan, yeah, just uh, give me Mike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's not a – I mean, I I tried to think of somebody from Dusty Diamond's All-Star Softball. But well, the characters gone, that we, just don't.
1: Well, you could go uh you could do either Bo Herschel or OJ on the old Bill Walsh football, a little student body See, right, I, I never, student body left.
0: John Elway's quarterback club, you could just call a QB sneak and the glitch in the game would make the person 50 times faster than anybody else. Reggie Bush,
1: college football, NCA football. Mm. That's that, that that's no old longer six there. USC team was ridiculous.
0: And I will be as I'm completely honest, I was never a huge and I'm not a huge hockey fan. I played my fair share of NHL back in the day for Super Nintendo, and either you were the Hawks with Chelios. Ronick. Or you were the Kings with Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Because you just liked the names. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. and they, they made a scene in Swingers out of it, and I I thought that was the coolest thing to take Gretzky. To NHL
1: 94 game. with the Blackhawks. You just take Ronick and fight for Sega <laughs> Genesis. That was That's a great game.
0: All right, that will do it for... This edition of intentional foul.
1: Intentional foul. I like it. Well, I'm going to try to, you know, you'll keep putting it out on Facebook when we drop these things, and I think I'm going to try to create a Twitter account for us, and we can, you know, for our followers. And I'll
0: have Matt in the marketing department get us a new, yeah, a new uh, label and a new picture that we can. We're trying to be professional, folks. We're trying. Not too hard. No. Enjoy football back next week with a recap of the first week, preview of the second week, and hopefully the Brewers are ever closer to the top of the standings. Yes, sir. Enjoy.
1: Go Bears.